Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey, food bloggers. I want you to know that I myself am a food blogger, so I understand the need to find those connections and find the answers and create transformations in my business that are actually going to matter and help me to grow and make more money and get more traffic and all of the good things. If you are interested in this too, which you probably are, please consider joining our mastermind groups, which are starting up in the fall of 2021. Go to eblogtalk.com to find the application. There's a button there that says join a mastermind group. That will bring you to an application that will determine whether or not you are a good fit for these groups. As Napoleon Hill, the author of Think and Grow Rich says about the mastermind principle, two or more people actively engaged in the pursuit of a definite purpose with a positive mental attitude constitute an unbeatable force. Unbeatable force. You can't argue with that. Weekly Zoom calls will have the format of peer-to-peer learning with members taking turns being in the hot seat. And once a month, we will invite in guest experts who will unleash their knowledge about very specific topics relating to food blogging and relating to ways that you can grow your business in a big way. We convene every single week where we share our struggles, our wins, and we can shine and lift each other up and provide resources and input that will help the other members in the group to grow their businesses and grow as individuals as well. Again, go to eatblogtalk.com to fill out an application to see if you're a great fit for the mastermind groups. Hey everyone, just hopping on to preface this episode a little bit. So every once in a while, I host a room in Clubhouse that is just packed with great information and turns out way better than I thought the chat could possibly go. And this happened to be one of those chats. I try to record all of my Clubhouse chats just in case this happens, and I'm so glad I recorded this one. So this chat came from a room on... Um, in Clubhouse from July 23rd and included in the room were myself, Jason Logston from Amazing Food Made Easy and also Macon Bacon and Bob Clark from Clarky Media. Um, we, the three of us, were the hosts and then also joining us in the room were Janine from Cook, Pray, Slay and Taryn from Hot Pan Kitchen. So those are all the voices that you will hear, and I really hope you enjoy this conversation. And by the way, if you're ever free on Fridays at noon Eastern time, come join us on Clubhouse. We have the best conversations. You don't have to just come and listen. You can actually contribute as well. They're really great. They're really valuable. So here is our Clubhouse conversation from July 23rd. Hey, how's it going? It is good. I cannot believe we're back in Clubhouse. It feels like it's been months. I agree 100%. (laughs) Um, Feeling a little out of the loop as I kind of get back into working and the food blogging world, but I'm excited to hang out with you guys today. Hope you guys are all having a good Friday. Um, To start, I guess... Why don't we just do introductions? Would you mind just doing a quick intro, Jason, to yourself? 
Sure. Um, I'm Jason Logston. I uh, run Amazing Food Made Easy, which is a sous vide-based blog, um, and I'm also president of the International Sous Vide Association. Then I also run Bacon Bacon, which is a podcast and blog dedicated to helping food bloggers kind of move their blogs forward, get off the ad revenue treadmill, and kind of monetize their, their fans by providing value to them for products and stuff. So that's kind of some of the things that I'm up to. Awesome. Bob, do you want to do a quick quick intro to you and your business? Sure. Thanks, Megan. Hey, I don't know. If, do I still have the flag on my profile? Do you see it? I do not see a flag. Nope. Perfect. Uh, my name is Bob uh, Clark. I own uh, a couple of food blogs, and I built Clarky Media as a place to help other bloggers with their SEO. I'm kind of an SEO nerd, all in on uh, SEO, really, with my sites, not so much social but it's all organic traffic. And I kind of converting Clarky Media over to just everything I'm into because everybody's like, what are you doing? So I, I, I'm starting to convert it as what I got my hands to in online. But yeah, glad to be here. Thanks. Cool. And can I ask, what is with the flags? Is this a new clubhouse thing? What is that? They did it for the Olympics. So if you have a flag in your profile, it pulls it onto your next to your image, I guess, and it's just to support the Olympics. So we were joking around adding different flags last night in an SEO room, and I had a bad flag up there, so I just took it off. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, I would love for everyone here to feel free to come up and join us on stage and just chat about what you've been up to. Um, I have been really not working for most of the past month, just kind of little bits here and there. So I feel very, very out of the loop. Um, but I would love to hear what everyone's up to. And while you're working on coming up, Jason, I would love to hear what you've been up to. You mentioned um, this morning that you were kind of getting into SEO and digging into some things in that realm. What is going on, going on with you? So I think Probably last time I was here, I was just starting the process of kind of reassessing my site. Um, you know, I used to kind of be an SEO nerd uh, back when I got started 10 or 12 years ago doing this, but I hadn't really dived into SEO for a long time. Uh, I got much more into the kind of the habit of writing what I thought my users needed and not worrying about the SEO. And I had a good, at the time, base foundation. So I was, you know, had the right structure and a fast site and everything. But over the last five years, I think, probably, SEO has changed a lot and Google's looking for different things. And my site was set up kind of for the old SEO. So I've updated a lot of the kind of foundation and then I'm looking at a lot of the articles on my site just seeing um, what type of content do I need to flesh it out and how can I make some of those articles that were you know short little um, you know a few paragraph articles uh, that were fine a decade ago aren't necessarily the best way to do it now so I'm uh, doing some more research around that and then just uh, hopefully next month I'll be you know creating and updating a few hundred articles which is always a, uh, a blast as anyone knows it's updated old content. What have been your main takeaways? Is there Are there one or two nuggets that you're like, oh, this is something I didn't know before, something new you've learned about SEO recently? I mean, I think the big change is that Google now wants you to, you know, share information and not keyword stuff and, you know, 
the Google's algorithms are a lot better now. You know, I'm sure Bob can talk about this a lot more um, in depth than me, but the algorithms are a lot smarter now than they were uh, five to 10 years ago. And so they are looking for normal writing, for good writing. And I think focusing on that, which a lot of my uh, blogs did, um, was a good decision back then, but it's something I think even more to double down on as more search engines are looking for good authoritative content. So that's been one of my takeaways. And one of the other ones was just, you know, keyword research and SEO in my head are like two different things. Um, they're related, obviously, but I view... You know, a lot of the SEO is like a lot of foundational work, making sure that you are kind of checking those boxes of, of headers and site speed and all these kind of things that you need to have good SEO. And then I view keyword research as, you know, something you can do to help kind of judge uh, the direction of your site. But, you know, I really focused a lot on what my community was looking for and the questions they were looking for and used very little keyword research over time. Um, especially in the past, and I still built a really successful site doing that. So as I've dived into the keyword research a little bit more over the last few months, it's been kind of nice to see that some of the things that I've been writing about, you know, overlap with what people are searching. And it's it's a different approach, I think, if you're not necessarily in love with, you know, spreadsheets and going through giant lists of keywords, that if you know your audience and you're in a very specific niche, then writing about things that's going to better serve them will continue to move your site forward regardless of what you know SEM rush says or any of that okay that's all super interesting and i know bob you are an seo expert uh last time we talked we were actually on clubhouse this was a few weeks ago talking about oh my gosh we talked about all sorts of things seo we just really dug in well you dug in <laughs> i was just here for the ride but um, what do you have? To, do you have any replies to what Jason said? And then also, I would love to get your thoughts on Core Web Vitals and what, kind of what's going on there. Yeah, sure. Uh, first, I want to say, Jason, hey, I've been enjoying your podcast. I didn't know of it, and I got it a couple weeks ago. So um, I added it to my Stitcher. I'm a big podcast fan. And uh, Megan, I've been enjoying your podcast. Really cool. I've been thinking about creating one. Maybe in food, though, so it should be different. I just don't know how to do it on food. But, we, can, um, we can talk uh, after, maybe in the later on in the discussion. I also have one for uh, exploring sous vide that's all focused around food. So we could talk a little uh, bit about how cool. bloggers could do that. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. And if you ever, Jason, if you're just jumping back into SEO, if you ever want to reach out, um, I just got a site monetized on Mediavine pretty fast. So... Um, I'm using all the new SEO, if, if you could put it that way. But um, So, yeah, Megan, so you asked about Core Web Vitals or what I'm up to? Yeah, why don't you, like, any or all of the above? So I'd say Core Web Vitals, um, people are all freaking out about it, especially food bloggers. And um, with the big algorithm update the last month or two, you know, page speed is really important. It's going to be a ranking factor, right? So the whole page experience, um, if people go into their search console, they're going to see that core web vitals, but also the page experience. Um, so it's pretty important. But I can tell you it's not that tough. Like, um, I actually posted a picture on my Instagram a couple last week 
or recently, and I got one of my sites up to a hundred score with ads. Um, so I'm I'm doing passing all core web vitals, and the page experience is perfect. So you can do it with a food blog with Mediavine ads. So um, it is definitely doable. I could get into how if anybody wants. If you want me, to yes, please go for it. So the simplicity of it is um, you need a really good theme. Um, some food bloggers get some weird themes over the years, I think, and they just kind of got stuck with them. So find a really good theme. I recommend um, Astra or Generate Press, or I'm a real big fan now of Cadence themes. So I've been really using those on all my sites. Um, there is the popular food blogging one, which is, um, I can't think of the name. Foodie Pro, I think. Yeah, that's. I think that's the one. I'll, I use that one. I know a lot of other people do too. Yeah, so that was built on Generate Press. I was never a big fan. I used it like seven, eight years ago, and you build through a child theme. And I think they're using a child theme. Um, but I have seen people get the the speed fast with that, so that that's um, a good option. I just not too familiar with it anymore. So you need the good theme, and then you need a good host. Right, um, I've actually moved everybody to big all my sites to Big Scoots, um, and they've been great. And they have a managed program too. If you do a managed WordPress, I think it's like thirty thirty five bucks a month, which is decent. And um, you can actually create a staging site with a push of a button, so you can update your plugins, do everything you need to do on your site before you push it live again, which is wicked slick. So, and their customer service is amazing. So now we got a good theme. We got a good host, um, and now we got to work like a little bit on on-page and stuff to speed that up. Um, if you have a site that's on Mediavine now, they they pretty much set it all up for Core Web Vitals. You just got to push the button in your dashboard, and that's going to get everything to not load before um, above the fold. It's just going to be static, so that's really important. If you're not on Mediavine, you just want to concentrate on not having anything above the fold on your phone when it first loads uh, moving. So if you got pop-ups or stuff like that for your email list, get those to pop up after above the fold. is um, That's going to help you out. So that's one thing to focus on. And, you know, a good cash plugin, uh, WP Rocket, is working really well. They've um, Their last update, really focused on core web vitals. If you're using the old version and haven't updated, I recommend checking out, um, getting with uh, WP Rocket to see what has changed. There's a few settings that changed automatically if you had them set, but if you hadn't had them set before, but um, those can really move the needle too if um, you haven't readjusted your WP Rocket. And then it's the, you know, the other things, I mean, in your rocket with all the correct settings, you're going to be lazy loading. Um, there's optimization if you have video in there. Um, all these things will help and yeah, it's getting a lot easier than it used to be. Cool. Thank you for that. And I'm just inviting anyone in the audience who wants to come up and chat about SEO. If you guys have questions about Core Web Vitals or anything Bob is a wealth of knowledge in this area. He knows a lot, and I know he studies it extensively. It's kind of like your one of your main focuses, right, Bob? So 
um, if you've got anything, please come up, take advantage of this time with him and definitely ask your questions. Um, I don't really have anything else on SEO. Jason or Bob, did you guys have anything else? Oh, hold on. Hey, Gina, Janine? Hey, Janine. Janine, sorry about that. Yeah. What have you got for us? So I'm actually really happy to see you um, in Clubhouse, Megan. I've been following you on um, Instagram for a while and I've been listening to your podcast. So honestly, like I only come to Clubhouse to talk about gardening. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I actually connected with Bob last night and I saw that he's doing this room. So I'm like, okay, let me check it out. But um, so here's kind of my dilemma. Um, I don't know if it's it's kind of like a growing pain for me. So I have um, my my food blog or cooking recipe blog, whatever is called Cook, Pray, Slay. And I've been doing it for about a year and a half and super new to this area. Um, and really what happened was about, like I said, a year and a half ago, I had the um, I've been holding on to the URL forever. And my friends like, why don't you just do it? Just start a page. Just stop overthinking it. Just do it. So I just, you know, kind of just started a, um, the site on GoDaddy. And fast forward, you know, year and a half later, it's really like starting to gain traction. Um, it's growing. I've got a lot more traffic coming there, but it's a GoDaddy site. <laughs> and it's not very responsive to um, the needs of, you know, like, my followers and people who want to, you know, uh, you know, see my recipes. And so I'm kind of at a point now where I'm trying to migrate from the GoDaddy site to WordPress and I have no idea where to start. So if you guys have any um, suggestions on where to start, that would be great. Um, I do want to go the route of working with, um, a professional, someone who knows what they're doing, because again, this is more of like a side hustle for me. Um, so I've got a whole bunch of other things going on. I have other businesses. Um, so I really just want to like partner with someone who knows what they're doing in that realm. And just kind of thinking ahead, I do want to set it up for future monetization. Um, monetization for me hasn't really been a huge focus because again, it was just more of like a creative outlet for me. Um, but now that I do see a potential for that, you know, other, you know, uh, monetary, uh, another stream of income, I do want to set it up for future monetization. So any help would be totally appreciated. I will let Bob chime in if you have thoughts for her. But I just wanted to say cook, pray, slay. OK, I didn't know that was you. Love your Instagram feed. I follow you as well. And you have amazing content. So I will let Bob answer your questions. Thank you so much, Megan. I guess real quick. So are you on WordPress, but you're hosting with GoDaddy? No, I'm just, I'm not on WordPress like at all. I'm just on Uh, like, um, GoDaddy has different packages. And so I'm on their like website package or whatever. It's like I could upgrade to a WordPress, but I don't really even have any experience with the WordPress. So my... Yeah, you know, like my concern is that, okay, I can, you know, transfer to a WordPress, but then what? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think you nailed it on the head. Get someone to do it for you. Um, I don't do migrations of people because I don't want to be responsible. 
Um, person I can suggest, and I don't know if he's doing it, is uh, do iMark Interactive. Grayson Bell, if you research him, um, I've talked to him quite a bit on offline, and he's seen. I've never. He's never done anything for me, but he's got a great reputation, and um, that's something he might be able to do for you. That's who I could recommend for that. But I think you got to. You know, you're you're being smart about getting someone to actually do it that knows what they're doing. Yeah, and it sounds like super daunting. I've I've been, you know, like really just dreading the whole process. But I want to do it now before this. You know, before I add like hundreds of recipes because then it would be like just extremely just out of control. But I I rather do it now. Like after a year and a half into the game, I kind of know where I want to take the site. Um, so I'd rather do it now than wait another year or so. So I'd appreciate any contacts you can share, Bob. Um, I have never worked with him either, but I've heard so many bloggers speak so highly of, I think it's iMark Interactive, right? It's like I-M-A-R-K and it's Grayson spelled with an E. So G-R-E-Y-S-O-N Bell. So if you look them up, I think you'll be really pleased. And yes, I know what you mean about just like knowing you need to do it and it being really daunting. But if it is daunting for you, just I think it's so smart, just echoing what Bob said, that you are looking to find someone who knows how to do it. So even if it costs you a little bit of money, I think that would be really a wise route to go. But good luck with everything. I hope everything goes well. I think once you're over at WordPress, you will be so happy when I switched over a couple years ago, it was such a relief. Oh my goodness, you're going to be amazed at oh, all the, I don't know, just options you have. Recipe card, you'll have a recipe card. <laughs> yes, yes, I just want that. Like, just give me the recipe card and I'm good. <laughs> yes, well, good luck with everything. Did you have anything else for us or was that it? Nope, nope. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Okay, well, thank you for yeah, Good sharing. to see you again. Yeah. Um, anyone else have any SEO or WordPress or any other issues, please feel free to come up. Otherwise, I was going to ask Jason. Jason, you mentioned that you've been working on um, outsourcing a lot. Do you want to share about that? How's that going? Yeah, sure. Um, so we have uh, we were looking at our, like our content, and you know this goes hand in hand with the updating some of those pages through. Um, having better SEO and a lot of ours on a side site are uh, very poorly written. We had a outsourcer who was not great uh, eight years ago, but it's still, you know, it's the site still brings in like a hundred, 150,000 uh, monthly visitors. So we want to go through and update it. So it's a little more um, put together, but like me spending time writing about, you know, uh, green peppers is not the best use of my time. I need to be focusing on uh, the things that I'm an expert in. Um, so we're looking at outsourcing some of these different tasks. Um, also, some podcast transcriptions that I don't want to be transcribing my own podcasts and creating show notes. Um, so we put together a list of these uh, projects that we're interested in hiring people for, and then put out a call for applications to our our network. And we've had over a hundred people. Um, 
fill out applications. So we're starting to reach out to them for um, people, mainly food bloggers that are interested in making some money on the side and they're um, doing some writing for us then um, doing the podcast transcriptions. We're also exploring potentially, you know, hiring people to do some photography down the line of sous vide recipes and stuff for our site. So it's been an interesting experience. You know, there's for the current uh, writer job for five articles, you know, we have bids anywhere between uh, $3,500 and $500 for five articles. So it's kind of all over the place. And it's a matter of seeing, you know, what's the what's the quality we need for some of these different sites? And that might vary based on the site, but then trying to find some people that we can work with on the long term to take things off of my plate so I can focus on the things that really move my own blog forward and not, uh, not kind of like the things that anyone that's a decent writer can do. So it's been fun to try that out. What has been the easiest part of this process and the hardest, just finding those right people? So far, the easiest part was getting applications. I was hopeful when we first put out the call that we'd get you know five or ten uh, people to get in touch with us. And we've had, like I said, over a hundred. So there's a lot of people out there looking for contract work and looking to add to their you know the income that they have from their blogs and that uh, you know supplement your income as you're you know, still honing your skills. And so that was kind of the, the easiest part, uh, which I didn't think it was going to be that easy. And I think the hardest part is just going to be, you know, evaluating people based on such a wide range of bids and kind of see, you know, I'm fine spending, you know, $3,000 on something if it means I'm going to make $4,000. Uh, but it's kind of making sure that we do a little bit better tracking than we have in the past when there's just my time on the line and really see, like, what do, what do we get out of these updated articles? How much additional income do they bring in? And then that will give us a, a really good idea of what we can spend for this type of work moving forward. It is a process, right, to find the right people. I can't believe you guys have gotten 100 applications. Isn't that overwhelming to have to go through all of that? And how long do you expect this to take? So we sent out the first uh, request for bid. We narrowed it down to, we had people apply for, you know, we had five different jobs basically. And so for the writer job, we had 40 people of the 100 were interested in the writer job. We went through there, um, eliminated some that were more, um, kind of more high-end because the site doesn't need high-end writers or high-end recipe development. And then we sent out to about about 10 um, 10 or 15 of them asking for a, a further bid. And then when whichever ones of those are kind of in our price range to get started, we'll do a little more digging into them. But we're, it's one of the nice things about it being a one-off, you know, project is that we're looking for, you know, two to four people maybe that we can say, give us five articles and that will help us see what their skills are. And then moving forward, we could figure out which one or two of them are, are the easiest to work with, do the best, um, the best work and that we want to continue with and then we can give them the other you know 50 articles that we're looking to have built um but it's it's definitely been a process we're hoping to probably hire someone to get started on this next week and see where it goes from there but it would definitely be a, a small process we have you know we're funding this based off of our our income so you know we want to be spending you know this year several thousand dollars on this type of outsourcing but we can't spend it all in one month because we don't have that money yet it's slowly coming in month after month okay this 
question might help some people in the audience, but what do you think, and anyone can chime in here, but what do you think about when is the appropriate time to start looking for, or I'm sorry, the appropriate time to start outsourcing and looking for help? Um, yeah, like, are there any um, thoughts you have about that? The favorite quote I heard, I think it was Emily Perrin, who does a, talks a lot about outsourcing. Uh, I, I like what she said, and that was, when you start not being able to take advantage of opportunities. So if you can't do sponsored post work because you're too busy updating your social media, that's the time to start finding an outsourcer. If you don't have the time to do work that you know you need to do because you're busy doing something else, if you can't you know, take on any more photography clients because the billing process and invoicing and kind of tracking of the system takes you too long, then it's time to find someone to do that for you. So I kind of like that approach that you can use it to speed up things, but especially a lot of us are, you know, kind of bootstrapping our way forward. And once you start realizing that you can't do the things that are good opportunities because you're too busy doing things that, you know, quote unquote, anyone can do, then that's the time to fire to find someone that likes to do that aspect of it and have them take that off your plate so you can focus on the things that only you can do and that will move your blog forward and hopefully make you money a lot faster. I love that. If you don't have the time to say yes to opportunities that you want to say yes to, then it's probably time. And here is one thing I do have to contribute this week is that I've kind of out of necessity um, cut way back on what the things that I'm working on in my business. And I kind of feel like I need to recommend that people do this more often and that I should do it more often. But I don't know. I would love to get your guys' thoughts on this, but I basically have done the absolute essential things in my business that I've needed to do. So I attend calls that I promised I would be at. I am getting um, a few blog posts up a week or redone, getting my podcast episodes out and you know, social media posts scheduled and all of that. But other than that, I've said no to everything. And I am going to tell you, it feels amazing and the world isn't falling apart. My business is still standing. Have you guys ever done anything like this? Have you ever experimented? Is it scary? What do you think? I'd love to jump in here real quick. Um, Jason, a, a little tip when you're hiring writers, make sure you get like your, what you expect like laid out before you um, hire them and like, the highest expectation you can because what ends up happening is when you find out later you need this and that, this and that, and you add it, then they want more money. So if you can get it like as far uh, scripted out as, as you can, that kind of helps. I hang out with a lot of niche website builders and we're in masterminds and most all niche website builders hire out all their content. Um, so that's just a little tip. And Megan, when you said when to hire, when's the time to hire? I think as soon as you're making money with your, your blog. Um, I think people don't understand that once it gets to a level, uh, once it, let's just say the threshold is Mediavine, right? The 50K. If you keep doing the same thing and still and keep creating great content and you grow, the snowball gets bigger faster, if that makes sense. So the more you can put fuel on there, the faster it'll actually grow. And then it would be kind of like when you're looking down at half a million to the 50, it's like 
oh, I wish I had done this earlier. If you're just trying to do all the things yourself to get there, because the snowball gets bigger and bigger as it starts going down the hill. Um, that's my two cents. And another thing is like, so I have a brick or mortar business too. And I've, you know, I've been self-employed since I was 19 years old. And I can tell you, as soon as you can get yourself out of that job, you can grow bigger and faster because as you know, it's the whole thing. Like if you're working in your business, how do you work on your business? You can't grow it if you're working in it because your time is spent in it. And that's just a huge time suck. And Jason said it, you know, if you can get people to do the things that anyone can do, quote unquote, um, the sooner you can outsource that, the better. Well said. Oh, my gosh, that was all gold. Um, Hey, you guys in the audience, do you guys want to come up and have a chat? And it's my birthday, so come up and, you know, we can do a little birthday celebration. (laughs) Um, happy birthday, Megan. Oh, thank you. No happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. Thanks. My boys were like, why are you going on Clubhouse? It's your birthday. I was like, exactly. I want to be on Clubhouse because it's my birthday. You you had asked uh, about taking steps back as well, um, which I know is something you try to do every year. And I think that's awesome that you try to take a month or two off every year. And I think it's something that a lot of food bloggers, you know, we're told how much consistency matters. And I think that in the long term consistency matters if you're not putting out content like it hurts you in the long term but in the short term over one to three to six months like most of your fans don't notice that you're not there like a lot of people ask like well how did you have time to write 15 books and it's like well i would stop blogging for three or four months and i would write a book and no one ever complained and no one was like oh i can't believe you're not posting recipes like i had my newsletter on an autoresponder so they were still getting emails from me once a week but i didn't have to ever touch it and no one cares like my social media buffer runs out and no one really cares like it's we get so caught up because we know every moving component of our our own sites but most people don't know that and they're you know you can get away with a week or a month or six months stepping away from it and not adding content and it's not going to hurt you in almost every case if i could just jump into um if you guys don't mind um i'm actually in the middle of doing that um i've kind of got to a place where I just kind of, my wheels were constantly turning and it's just that pressure, right? Of just having content consistently out there. And I just, I just made the decision just to take a step back and I let my people know, you know, I just kind of said, look, um, you guys might be seeing a little bit less of me, but just know that I'm still here. And so I tell folks like, you know, I still want to show up for my people, but it just looks different. So like I'm doing more stories, for instance, or like they can just just still stay in touch without having that pressure of just constantly having to like feed the beast. (laughs) And so for me, it's allowed me just to kind of take a step back, but then reassess um, the content that I want to work on moving forward. Like I just took the time. Um, to kind of plan out my social media calendar and all of the things like I want to focus for the next three months or so. Um, Because I do know like, okay, back to school is coming up. And then before you know it, we're going to be in the holidays. And that's like a huge, super busy time. So I'm trying to like get ahead of that 
And so that's the type of content, believe it or not, I'm starting to work on now. Um, so just taking that step back is allowing me just to be a little bit more strategic and just, you know, be a little bit more intentional. So it's actually helped me um, plan better. And also it's, it's helped my mental health as well. So just wanted to throw that out there as well. I love that point that I, I agree that it's, I feel like we get so caught up in working on what's urgent and that starts taking away from what's potentially important to work on. And when you take that step back and you don't, you're not being pulled in a thousand ways, you can really say like, what is important for me to work on to move my blog forward and my business forward? And then you can work on those things instead of, you know, freaking out because you don't have your pins in for Pinterest or you don't have your, you know, Facebook uh, messages set up. Like you can sit down and strategically decide what you need to do and then you can start working on it and it is amazing when you step back and kind of say like I'm not going to work on anything for a few weeks how many of those like urgent things that we were doing like you have no desire to start working on again because they just weren't moving you forward uh that is you guys are awesome thank you for sharing all of that and that has been really revealing to me too so when I think back to like a month and a half ago and the things that I was working on then and how I was sitting at my computer, like, I've got to get this done. I have to get this done today. And now I look at those things that I was working on and I think, what in the world was I so just uptight about? Why did I feel like I needed to get that done? Because it really was not urgent, like you said, Jason. So it really is revealing just taking these breaks. And it's really hard for us food bloggers because we're so busy and we've got so much to do and keep our eyes on there's so many moving parts there's seo and pinterest and oh my gosh like go on and on but it is so helpful and this is ironic because i'm giving a talk about this next week at ifbc virtual um summit so it's kind of funny how this is all unfolding for me at the exact time that i'm going to be talking about it but there is so much magic in just taking a step back and Janine, like you were saying earlier, do it now. Well, we can kind of, you know, save ourselves almost for Q3 and Q4. Um, so I feel like it is really hard for me to get back into it after I've taken time off. Uh, if you guys have any tips for me about re-engaging my brain, maybe just, I don't know, probably slowly doing it over and over. But oh, yeah, it's been kind of a rough week or two trying to I don't know, <laughs> be in the world again. Can anyone else relate? Hi, Taryn. What are you up to today? Hi. I, can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Okay. Just checking. Um, I, you were just saying tips for getting back into it. And I was going to say, I also have been like taking some time off almost not necessarily purposefully, but with my kid, I have elementary age kids and they're out of school right now, so it I had to kind of accept that I'm just not going to be very productive <laughs> while they're out of school. Um, I just it that's just the way my life is right now. So seasons, right? It's a, it's a specific season. Um, but one thing that has actually helped me, Megan, you were saying, you know, how to get back in the swing of things because I too have notice that when I take time off, while it's good and I appreciate that time off, it's hard for me to like then get motivated to start to want to do some of the work that I had not been doing previously. Um, but 
uh, and this is a little bit of a plug for the mastermind that you lead, but it really helps me be in that mastermind call and talk with other food bloggers and even just help them with their problems because you're getting into that creative thinking space and that gets me excited and it makes me want to work on my own business. So that's something that I've noticed is having that connection with other bloggers and content creators helps me get motivated, not just for their business, but my business as well. Oh, Taryn, that was so well said. And I 100% agree. We had a call last night and you guys like saved my sanity yesterday. I think one time over the past, was it like two weeks ago, I sent Jason a message and I was like, this is my attempt at networking. Hi, Jason. (laughs) Like you just have to reach out to those people that you know and trust and like in the space once in a while. And I think that is such a huge part of it. And then just consistently do it right until you're eventually hopefully my mind and brain will be working again but and doing these rooms just showing up here too one tip i have too for and i love that uh, that message you said so i was like i'm busy too but hi we've we can now check off network <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things that i like to do when i get back because i struggle to like after i've been gone for the last two and a half weeks um, and just got back on monday is that you know, I just got done talking about focus on what's most important to your business. But when I get back, I like to try to have a project that's fun. And hopefully it can be important as well. But if there's a recipe you've been wanting to make and you just haven't got around to it, because maybe it's not, you know, it's, it's too long tail of a keyword. Or if there's, you know, some type of social media post that you wanted to put together, but you just haven't got around to it. But you, it's something you're kind of jazzed for. I try to have one or two of those on my plate. So when I get back and I don't feel like working, I at least have something I'm really excited for. And then I think will be fun. And then once I start doing that, it gets me back in the swing of things of actually doing work. And then I can focus on the, the more important things that aren't always, you know, super exciting every moment. I love that tip. And as you were saying that, I was thinking it would also be good maybe to just dive into something completely different. Um, We were talking about Pinterest a little bit this week with eBlog Talk members and a little bit in the mastermind yesterday. And usually it would just be annoying to me, but I was like, this is interesting. Like people are finding a few little things that are working, but mostly people are really frustrated. So I gave that more attention than I normally would have just because it was a nice very specific distraction for me so something like that as well but I like your idea Jason just like a really fun project that you normally wouldn't make time for so thank you guys those were some good tips Bob and Janine do you guys have anything and do you do you regularly Bob do you regularly take time off um no no I I haven't taken a break in years you know, like my wife is actually like wicked pushing me. She's like, you need to go somewhere, you know, go to Alaska, go fishing by yourself. I don't care, but go somewhere. Get out of here. I don't know. I'm, I'm just constantly going and it gets like to the point where I start breaking down because I can't talk. If that makes sense. Yes. She'll be like, she's like, you don't, you're not making any sense. Because, you know, you just get your head is like, if you're an entrepreneur, right? You just like, you're jammed up, you're just all over the place. But, um, you know, Tara in there who spoke on the mastermind. I think that's huge. I have a group on Wednesday nights. And I look so forward to getting to that Zoom call. You start building some real trust with these people. And you can kind of, you know, regroup, get ideas. Um, that's just huge. But, um, yeah, I don't take time off, unfortunately. 
I'm a workaholic, but um, I need to start trying to think about that. But I totally agree with what Jason said earlier. Like, people aren't going to go away. You know, don't be afraid to leave. Um, I know, you know, SEO-wise and on, on on Google, you have to be gone a long time for it to affect your content on Google. Um, I'm talking like even six months and longer to really get uh, hit by Google with that. YouTube might be a little bit different, but I got a channel that like in two months, no videos, and I'm still growing it. So, yeah, I mean, I think some of you guys have real loyal followings, though, of your brands. That might be a little bit different. Um, mine is more organic traffic, and, like, it's not the same people coming back. It's all new people. But, uh, yeah, I think it's important to take time off. I did do something this last winter. I bought a massive wood lathe, and now I'm, I'm wood turning. And that kind of got my brain away from, you know, the constant hamster wheel of everything that we're doing. Um, but, yeah, thanks. So your time off is more just distraction. I like that. I have no idea what you just said that you bought. What is it? I bought a wood lathe. So I cut down trees and put a big chunk of wood on there and turn wood green and make big wooden bowls. Like oh. 20. Yeah. That's so <laughs> like cool. 20, yeah, 20, 24-inch um, big wooden bowls. Yep. Okay, well, I think that is a massive probably help for just getting your brain off of work, right? That is very unique, too. How awesome. Love knowing that. And then, Janine, you nailed it earlier when you said, um, you know, you're maybe not showing up in the same ways if you take time off, but you can show up in different ways. And I did the same thing without even really thinking about it. So I just kind of had my Instagram scheduled and my blog post scheduled and everything scheduled on autopilot. But I was showing up in my Instagram stories way more than I ever like normally do. So there are ways that you can continue to show up when you're taking time off that's actually fun. And I actually did find that fun. So I really liked that you brought that up. Oh, for sure. Um, And I think your followers, they appreciate that, you know, because and that's one thing I really just try and just take the time to really just connect with my people because it's just, it's so cool when, you know, like you get that engagement, they're like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're taking some time off or enjoy your time off or whatever. You know, like I know when we went out of town, like I would just kind of, I showed like, you know, my kids on the beach or, you know, like what we're eating that day. Like, Hey guys, we're eating at this place. And Oh my gosh, this lobster roll is amazing. Um, and again, it's just that, that, you know, not having that pressure of just having like a perfectly curated piece of content that's, you know, you spent like hours on, <laughs> um, but you're still showing up for your people. Right. And so I think that really just helps kind of develop that um, sense of community. Um, and I always tell folks, I mean, I look at my follower numbers sometimes and I'm like, dang it, if I could just get to like a thousand followers, but at the same time, I've really just, I've, you know, I pride myself on, um, building that organically, you know, I, I'll, I'll never pay for an ad or anything. You know, I, I just, I want to, it's that whole quality over quantity piece. And so, yeah, I may not have the follower count, but my engagement is like awesome. 
Um, so that's what I really try to focus on. So, you know, for me to take the time to just like get on my stories and just show like a quick little snippet or whatever to me, like it's, it's worth it. And it still helps let my people know like, Hey, I'm still here for you, but you know, I'm, you know, I'm not spending hours, you know, like developing this recipe or <laughs> taking these, you know, beautiful pictures or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm tending to my mental health and I'm here from, and I take the time to, you know, be with my family, but Hey, I'm still here. Um, so that just, it's worked for me. Um, and as far as like getting back into the swing of things, like I can totally relate to that. Like I struggle with that too. Um, but I do agree with Jason in that maybe just having like a fun project to come back to. I know that helps motivate me. Um, I started a YouTube um, channel, which that's how I connect with connected with Bob um, the other night. But um, so I knew like coming back, I wanted to like batch create some videos. And so I was super excited about that. Um, but just, kind of knowing like what you're coming back to and maybe just having some things already pre-planned kind of helps motivate you. I don't know, but I struggle with the same thing. So glad to know I'm not alone. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I love your approach to showing up on social media, how sincere you are and you're just like really genuine in the things that you share. But also I am 100% with you on refusing to buy followers. I've always been that way. I feel like there is no way in the world that I would ever do that. I don't know. What what are the rest of your thoughts on that? I know some people, I know bloggers who are actually really good friends who do that and they, they justify it and they think it's, you know, it works for them. It's fine for them, but I would love to hear the rest of your thoughts. I love, um, just the concept of, you know, engaging with who you have. Um, I can see some business models for paying for people, you know, could make sense for those business models, but, you know, say like, you know, if I only had a thousand followers or whatever, like I always think about, you know, as food bloggers, we, we think about ads. And so it's always like that 50,000 number. Can I have 50,000 monthly visitors and I can start making money? And I, I think about like my gym that's around the corner, like, they do one-on-one training and they have 60 clients and they have eight or 10 people that work there. Like they have 60 fans and they have enough money coming in to employ, you know, eight to 10 people. So like, why do we need 50,000 people in order to make a living? Like I love, that's one of the things I love about exploring other ways to monetize your blog and to really turn it into a business, not just like an ad serving platform. And so I think being able to engage with your fans gets you a lot closer to that than um, paying for followers or other ways you can get people that aren't, isn't nearly as genuine. Yes, love that. Same with email addresses. I always have felt like I want to get those the right way, the authentic way, um, and they're going to like me much so much more. Taryn or Bob, what are your thoughts on that, on buying followers or something similar? I'm not even doing social, so people will be like, what? <laughs> um, so on the food side, like I was doing pins in the beginning when I built my food blogs, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I didn't see the uh, – and then it started into the whole point of uh, fresh pins, and they wanted like multiple pins per day. So I've been focusing just on all organic traffic, like 
my sites get 97% organic traffic. So I gave up on social. I don't even have Instagram for my food blogs. Um, so yeah, I don't, I'm not building any followers. Unfortunately, I am capturing them for an email list. Um, at some point I'll hire someone to do all the social. Cause I know there's a huge opportunity with the Pinterest and, um, but like Facebook, yeah, I gave up on those too. Um, so yeah, I'm not the guy for followers, except I'm really bullish on YouTube. I think video is going to be the big change in the, our industry. So, um, for me, I'm naturally building uh, content on YouTube that's uh, that's searchable and evergreen. So people are always going to search how to saute mushrooms and onions, and they're going to find Bob. So that's what I'm kind of focusing on there. And then the subscribers kind of come already, but you you get to ask for them for in the videos and stuff like that. But that's the only way I'm building <laughs> building followers. I'm kind of jealous, Bob. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's like it's well, such you a, can't do all things Megan. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's, it was crazy it's like i'm not i can't do all this you can do it with a team and you should but if you're you know i'm building multiple sites so you know, i didn't focus on one and building one team you know the idea is to have revenue from five of these and i'm selling some so that's my plan and i think the evergreen i can't stand the algorithms and social and then it's gone I know you, uh, Google, it stays there for a long period of time. And um, YouTube seems to be that way, too. I'm new over there. But, yeah, that's kind of what I'm bullish on. What a great point, Bob. I mean, thank you so much for saying that, because I think a lot of us as food bloggers just get into the mindset of, oh, my gosh, like I have to be everywhere. Um, and so it sounds like you've found your place like it sounds like youtube is like your kind of like a funnel maybe you can kind of look at it that way too i guess but i just thank you for saying that because i forget that sometimes and i just kind of feel like i've got to be like everywhere and it's it's a lot it's a lot of pressure so thanks for mentioning that yeah cool yeah, it's like we need to give ourselves permission sometimes just to get take our hands off of some things. It's like looking at those people who live in the tiny homes and being so jealous that they don't have all the clutter that we have, but never actually doing you know anything to make our clutter go away. So it is, I agree, it's very refreshing to meet people like you who are like, yeah, no, I don't really it's there's no point in me putting my efforts there and it's almost like you're you're just working on the essentials like what I was talking about earlier which I really really like so thank you for sharing that Bob I was gonna say too kind of along this whole vein I totally agree um that it's um I, with, with the general conversation that we've been having and I just lost my train of thought so I'm gonna have to swerve a little bit but what I one thing I wanted to say was that I noted in terms of buying followers because I thought about that as well um but I always notice it happens when I um veer out of my own lane so if I'm looking at somebody else I'm like gosh look at what they're doing with particularly Instagram um, you know, they're so successful. They have all these followers. They seem to be getting really great engagement. Um, and then I start to get a little jealous and like, oh, maybe I should be doing that or take, you know, take my focus off of 
what I want to be focusing on, which for me is mostly um, email, organic traffic, and a little bit of Pinterest, although that's kind of up in the air right now. Um, but if I can stay in my own lane and just remind myself, you know, no, email, you, I can actually own my email list. Email for me is my focus. I don't need to worry about Instagram as much. And I don't post hardly at all on Instagram. I mean, I post, I have scheduled posts. I do a little bit of Instagram stories, but that's about it. Um, so as long as I can stay in my own lane, I'm usually pretty good. That was so well said too, Taryn. Thank you for sharing that. And Jason, maybe you can, um, maybe you agree with this, but I feel like being a podcast host or somebody who talks to a lot of experts in a lot of different areas is almost like a crux. Like it hurts me because I talk to people all the time who are have just killed it on TikTok or who actually have figured Pinterest out in this new age of Pinterest or whatever, like fill in the blank. And then I feel like, well, if they can do it, I should be able to figure it out too. So then what do I do? I dig into that when I really don't have the time or the mental space for it. Um, so I'm. this is what I'm learning. Like after two, it's been two years now, the podcast has been up. I'm finally learning. I can't do everything that everyone else is doing. So I'm super glad you mentioned that, Taryn. That is when we all falter, when we're like, oh, what they're, they're doing great. And then we lose sight of what we should be doing and what our paths are. Um, so yeah, great message. Jason, do you have that same problem with interviewing people? It's horrible. Yeah, you talk to so many people that are, experts at what they do and you know the thing that it's just a great reminder for me that you know it we're, we're climbing a mountain to try to make a business that makes money we're climbing a mountain and just because somebody went one way up the mountain doesn't mean you have to go that way there's multiple ways that you can go and you need to rely on your strengths and i think that's that's one thing i hammer home in you know my courses and my presentations and a lot of the stuff that i talk about is the reason we do this, there's nothing wrong with being a blogger um, as a hobby. That's how I started. A lot of us started like that. So there's nothing wrong with that. But once you decide that this is going to be a business and this is going to be a way that you make money, you need to figure out how do you want to monetize it. Do you want to do ads? Do you want to do sponsor posts? Do you want to use your blog to find photography clients that are going to hire you as a photographer? Like, how are you going to make money? And then once you figure that out, you can start looking at these things and say, okay, I want to get to X. Is Pinterest going to help me? Is SEO going to help me? Is YouTube going to help me? Is writing a cookbook going to help me? Like, there's all these different things that we can do. We can't do it all. No one does it, you know, unless you have a team. And... But if you know where you're going, you can start looking at this type of stuff a lot more critically and saying, this might work for a lot of bloggers, but it's not going to get me to where I need to go. So I'm going to focus on this other thing that other bloggers might not do as much, but it's going to get me to where I want to be. So if any of you are listening and wondering, like, well, how do I pair back? What do I figure out? The first step is to figure out how do you want to make money? Like, what are a few options you have for monetizing your blog or your business? And then start figuring out how you can actually move forward and what, what are these tactics do you need to do to get yourself to where you want to be? Food. Love that, man. You nailed it on the head. People need a roadmap, right? Stop freaking. My wife goes, Bobby, squirrel. I gotta look over and she's like, and she, what she's trying to point out is, dude, focus. You can't be all over the place. Focus right here. My wife is the one that brings me back to uh, Earth. But man, you hit it right on the head, Jason. 
Jason, that was like the best little speech ever. Wow. What a great way to end this conversation. Holy cow. That was awesome. Yeah. Goals, right? Like sitting down and taking inventory and like referring back to those all the time too. And I'm, I'm going to stop because I didn't say it nearly as good as you did, but Thank you guys. I know that Bob has to bail and I have to get ready for a camping trip. So I'm going to leave just a few minutes early today. But thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Yay! Clubhouses are back. So if you guys want, um, if you have topics that you want covered in the coming weeks, or uh, there was one other thing I was going to ask for feedback on and I've totally lost it. So yeah, that's it, I think. Just thank you for being here. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Thank you so much. This was a great room. It's so nice to be back with all of you. We're glad Yay, you talk to you guys next week. Episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.